0: When I come to Christmas, I can't help but feel the amazing weight of expectation that rides on this little child. Um, When we did the nativity a couple of weeks ago, we had a three-week-old baby boy who played the role of Jesus. And to look at a little child so vulnerable and to think there have been prophecies about this child, that the government will rest on his shoulders. He will break The yoke. He will be the one who brings an abundance to us. Um, The sense of expectation of a child that would come, that would change everything. And there's an interesting play here uh, in John's Gospel, the one that James read about uh, light and darkness. And there's a sense in which this light has been dawning for a long time. There's been hope and expectation. Isaiah was writing hundreds of years earlier and was hoping for something, and then Jesus arrived. So it's an evolving thing, and yet it's also something that's so drastically different from anything we've expected or understood before. Before. I liken it a little bit to, have you ever been out to the Sydney cricket ground when they put the big lights on? Amazing lights. You can play cricket under lights at night, It's so bright and they can see. But then if they put them on during the day, the sun just completely wipes out any brilliance that those lights have. And the difference between the light that we think is really bright and the light that's coming that's lighter than every other light is a bit like that. It seems really bright until you see the really bright light, the sun, and it makes everything else pale by comparison because this one is going to break the yoke, set us free from the burden. And if you're sitting here this morning, you might be thinking, well, I am free. I have no yoke. There's no burden upon me. But I don't think there's a person who goes through life without a yoke, without a burden, without um, being held captive by something. Uh, I was watching a, a B-grade movie the other day, Jack Reacher. It's a Tom Cruise movie, quite funny. But there's a scene in it where he's talking to his attorney and looking out at the office block across the way and uh, there's people working away in their offices and he says to his friend, which one of them is free? Look at them. And they're all boxed in and they're doing their beavering things and, and there's also a sense in which for each of us we're held captive by whatever we might fear. And you know, we hear a lot about wars and rumors of wars and famines and earthquakes and all sorts of stuff, and we we get held by our fears. To live with fear is to to live with that kind of burden. There is one coming, one who is promised who will break even that depth of burden. Break us free from fear. Because he shows a way of love and life that is beyond fear. Lots of stuff gets written about Christmas and I was reading a beautiful little article about how human vulnerability subverted the might and power of the Roman Empire and uh, there was I, I can't re- really relate it all to you here now but um, just looking at that little three week old baby that played Jesus and seeing the vulnerability of humanity and all that it holds and the hope that it holds and the most strong, brutal military force cannot overcome it, even though it might try to snuff it out. So this is a, a life and a love that goes beyond fear. And there's, there's talk of abundance in this child's rule and this child's coming. Uh, it stands in contrast to the poverty, poverty of rivalry and jealousy, And antagonism that is so much, so often part of our life. We're always being uh, in competition with people. We're rivals to each other. There's uh, jealousies and petty envies and things like that. Those are the things that have driven world domination from the beginning of time. Uh, People rise up and they want what others have and they want power and they want to be in control and they want to do this or that. It's a a grasping after resources sometimes. I confess that often in churches the gospel is sometimes presented as delivering what everybody wants, but with God on your side. So what does everybody want? Well, it depends on your context. In our context, everybody wants a house in Sydney, maybe, you know, I don't know, (laughs) pipe dream for most of us. Uh, maybe you want a nice car, maybe you want a secure job, maybe you want such and such. And often the gospel is presented as, well, come to God and God will give you the things that you want. The beauty of the real gospel is it says, come to this child and have the things that you want modified so that you don't want just what everybody else wants. You want things that will actually give you fulfilment, that will satisfy the deepest part of you, that you don't need to be a rival with anybody else for because actually they exist in abundance. They are things like love and generosity and care and respect and understanding and deep relationship. There's no shortage and the more you go into them, the richer they are and the less you need the other stuff and you find a freedom that is not there in the owning and the dominating and the competition and so forth which is so often driven by our insecurity. So I think this child bears well those incredible expectations the government rests on his shoulders. The government, meaning the way we manage everything. Yes, he's offering a whole new way of managing everything. And it is an abundant way. So as the ages-old quaint story of the birth of a promised baby floats past your consciousness on your third sip of Shiraz or (laughs) tucking into the turkey later today or something like that, Know this, that it is not essentially a cutesy myth for children. It is a profoundly subversive challenge to all that we assume to be unassailably true. This is a very powerful story. This child is the icon of an alternate way of doing life on our planet. And we will come to see the quality of this way of life freely by our choice or we will run the risk of destroying ourselves with rivalry and antagonism and competition and exclusion. It's kind of self-evidently good and I hope that that spirit will open our hearts so that we can be with whoever we're with today and every day as Catherine challenged us in the spirit of this King to the glory of his name. Lord Jesus, we do thank you for coming to be a vulnerable child, to live a life in the context that you were in, to expose so many things that were so dysfunctionalized in the religion of your day, and to point to a way that was so much better, that is so much better. Give us a trust in you that enables us to enter fully into that abundance, that freedom from the yoke, that we might add to it and be a blessing to all who we meet and live out that story in your precious name. Amen.